Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YB. Welcome to That Davis Show. I am your host, Kenneth Davis. Of course, I'm always lucky enough to be joined by my executive producer, Ryan Bukovetsky. Follow him at Ryan Bisky or Ryan Bisky one on Instagram. Uh, definitely got a lot to get into today. Unfortunately, it's always about the Bears and this downtrodden season. It's um, Packers and- week. Yay. The rivalry of rivalries. It's funny, though. <laughs> Going from the Cardinals, who are a longtime Bears rivalry, but because of the pack and how it's like, we never really talk about those old, that old Chicago tandem in the Chicago Cardinals and the Chicago Bears. By I know we talked about it a little bit last week. Go ahead. Do you know how the Cardinals got their name? No, tell me. They're originally the Racine Cardinals, but they didn't have a name before that. And I believe, if I got this correct, Chicago University donated their uniforms or some kind of uniforms to them to be their football uniforms. And they're a shade of maroon or something like that. So you mean the University of Chicago did? Yes, that's it. So you don't mean Chicago maroon? State? Chicago State? <laughs> this is Chicago State, man. I, I, I knew it was a Chicago University. I yeah. should have prefaced with it, that. The University of Chicago's color is maroon and of course they used to be an elite football school before they were so there academically superior they decided they we're right. not doing until that. they became harvard who still yeah. has a football team so uh definitely so, um, just marooned right mm-hmm. and there was a team asking about the jerseys or something like that what kind of color of red is that and the owner said cardinals red and then mm-hmm. from there on they became the cardinals yeah, used to play in Comiskey when the Bears were playing at Wrigley. So you had your north side, south side thing. Um, but it's a lot of history there. I was telling Kenton about it during the game, trying to pass on some of that history like my dad passed on to me. So as Ron said, it is Packers week. The Bears are traveling to Green Bay to get shellacked by Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. And that crew, um, I hate saying that, but we know how the season is going. There's no reason for me to sit here and lie to you about it and uh, give you sweets and tell you that everything is doing fine because everything is not doing no. fine. It's not Fear the fine. toe. Fear the toe. So you, we sit here and we're in this situation where I, I guess we're all waiting for the other shoe to drop. And that first shoe is Matt Nagy. And does he take all of the blame? And we'll go over that a little on this show, but we'll definitely dive more into it as the season comes to us in. And as we enter the offseason, especially after that, uh, that, that black, that black Monday, we're going to see here how it's a Black Monday here, or or if everyone's back right. to working together, figuring out the why. So, or is everyone jealous to... of uh, our locker room and the collaboration right. that we? Oh have yeah, still. man. We listen. People wish they could lose five games <laughs> yeah. and win a game against the Lions like we did. All you right? don't think people wish they had the job security we give our losers? <laughs> <laughs> Um, definitely, we got to talk about the Chicago Bulls, the best team in Chicago right now. Uh, beating first time that they beat uh, the Denver Nuggets back to back since like I think it was '98 or '96, something like that. Crazy. 
And I mean, it's not like Denver's had the whip like that. Just to let you know how that that West Coast trip could be. Uh, but yeah, we, we definitely have to talk about the Bulls' victory with their one their studs, the biggest stud this year, perhaps, with Demar Derozan being out. Uh, you, you, you sit there, you got uh, Alex Caruso out. You know, you got guys who like, isn't eight. out to be honest. Right, right that's the thing, and. <laughs> Guys stepped up in that game, so definitely we'll talk about that. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to go up for grabs with Ryan B. Ski and whatever he has for me. Uh, so we got a, a great show, so sit back, relax, take it in, and enjoy it. We always enjoy you spending a little time for us. And you know what time it is? You know what time it is. It's time for us to do. Taking it from the top. 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 Let's go off top. <laughs> off top. Listen, um, this I got something to talk about. Now, I haven't hidden it. I've been pretty much open with it, but I haven't talked about something um, involved in it. I, I've said for really a year and a half, not two years, I think the last time we interviewed Lawrence Holmes on this show and we talked about his Crohn's disease and I mentioned that I needed a colonoscopy and um for a period of time, I hadn't taken care of. I got I got a colonoscopy back in 09. So it's been 12 years, basically. And if you have a colonoscopy and they find polyps, regardless if the polyps are benign or not, you have to come back and get another colonoscopy because clearly you can create you, your body's creating polyps and those things can turn cancerous and you don't want to have colon cancer, you know, one of the leading causes of death in males, right? So, I held it off just to hold it off, being a guy that doesn't like going to the hospital for some years. And then, my brother died of cancer. No, 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 let me read that back. I, I, I jumped. Then they had a situation where they had a super bug on the uh, endoscopes. Now, this was the scope that they use through your esophagus that had the super bug because you have to think and these things can turn into all this stuff, but it's very hard to clean and get in depth in these things. And these instruments, they can snatch the polyps up. So you got to think it takes the polyps inside of it. So it's taking genetic matter, what so on and so forth. So it's hard to clean that and get all of bacteria's germs out. So people were getting sick from endoscopes that were going inside of their esophagus. Now, I still don't, I'm pretty sure there hasn't been. But I was fearful of having the one that, you know, goes up my backside. You know what I'm saying? So that was my excuse to not do it prior to the pandemic. Right. So then the pandemic happens and I don't want to go to the hospital because of the pandemic is my new excuse. You know what I'm saying? I Listen, I don't want to be in there. People are sick. I don't want to go in there or whatever. Uh, so then, you know, I've been going to the doctor and every time I go, it's like, so when you're going to get your, um, your your colonoscopy. So last year, um, I we kind of started talking about it, getting it done. And I say I'm definitely going to do it. I had a schedule, um, but I had to I had I had to miss it. I forgot why I had to miss it. But behind all this was a fear that because I had polyps and knew I was going to have polyps again, and the polyps that I had were in between benign and cancerous, so that's even a higher trigger of you have to take care of it. Um, and I didn't know that, too. Let me say that. I didn't know exactly that the pops were like that until last year, I believe. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that they were. I just knew in the past that they were benign. I didn't know that the, that the range of um, danger that in the way I, I was still in. 
Yeah. So yeah, if you you can have them, but not. But if they are like the ones that are cancerous, you, you can. It's a range right there, right? Um, and again, this is my lamesome term. Definitely talk to your doctors or physician or anybody in the medical field to get a better understanding. I'm not a professional at all. I'm just telling you the things that I've read up on and been told by my doctors and stuff like that. So anyway, uh, my brother dies of cancer. I know I got polyps. Um, it's been a decade now. Mind you, I don't know where the polyps came from as far as how long I had them in the past. Um, so I'm like, OK, maybe when I was, was a young adult, you know, I wasn't eating. I was eating bad, not taking care of myself properly. Uh, maybe that's where they came from. Or maybe I had them just as growing up, which is also something key that usually people don't get colonoscopies until really they're about 50, maybe in their late 40s, but about 50. So if you go back to back then and that was. What? Oh, nine. So that was what, 12 years ago? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I blanked like that. Um, to a decade ago, more than a decade ago, right? Um, you would think that now, of course, I would have polyps again. It's been, I, I went further than I was supposed to go as far as my check. But I think you have, you're supposed to come back within the next six years because oh, I'll get to what's going on now with me. So, anyway, um, I was scared. I was telling myself, you know, it's a chance you could have cancer. You have polyps. You probably got polyps again. Um, they said that those polyps, now that I found out that they was, you know, a, a chance of them becoming cancerous. I'm like, man, you know, you probably you may have cancer. So now a part of me, a part of me. And again, I'm, some of this is the cloud over my head due to my brother dying from leukemia. And it took a long time for us to even know really what was going on with him. It took years and years and years. to. Know and it didn't help. It was in the middle of a pandemic, too. True. It, it was at the beginning of the pandemic, the very beginning of when things were getting shut down, um, when my brother went to the hospital. Um, and I couldn't like I, I wouldn't even let him come in my house because he was compromised. And I'm like, dude, I'm not risking. I mean, I had I, I knew I had, even though I wasn't tested for it, I knew I had a different type of flu. If you follow this show, you know what I'm talking about as far as COVID, so on and so forth. So anyway, I'm like, uh, I'm getting prepared for this ordeal. Right. And I'm like, man, I, I don't feel like it. I don't want to go through this. But it's like, man, I got a family. I'm a grown ass man and I'm a fighter. You know what I'm saying? Regardless, even, you know, I, you know how much I love my brother. But even regardless of my brother succumbing to cancer, shit, just for him and for myself, man, I got to get on this horse and fight. Not to say he, my brother fought. He was he showed me some oh, strength yeah. that I don't know that I have. And I told my brother that like I, 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 I told don't know anybody that, too. that could do the amount of times that my younger brother was on death's door and came back over the last eight years is crazy. And the fact that even if he got in a dark space, he would bring himself out of it. Right. So I would hope that I at least would have that. So anyway, you do. You do. So I sit there and I'm like, you know what? All right. I'm doing it. I I'd had to move my appointment. Um, I think I had an appointment last month. I had to change the appointment around. I forgot what was going on. I, I know what happened. I couldn't get a ride um, because the appointment, how the appointment was set up. The kids had to be picked up and whoever goes with me has to stay throughout the duration. They can't leave and come back because they don't want you to, to, to basically lie. And either you drive yourself home or you take yourself home through mass transit or whatever, because whatever they have you on, the different ways that they the anesthesia that they put you under, 
they, you know, they're, they could be liable, let alone it's just, it's bad. It's bad. Right. As far as you, you know, like they, they tell you, you cannot sign legal information today. They literally tell you that. Right. Damn. Like, dude, like, I, like if, if I would have signed a contract yesterday, I could have gotten out of it. <laughs> All right, more, like, more ironclad than Jason Hayward's contract. Right. Oh, dude, dude. So, um, I decided, yo, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to do it. Um, after was talking to me yesterday, she said, you know, um, it's something about when you set your mind to something that, you know, it, you, it doesn't bother you. Like not eating these last couple of days. Um, you just you just do it like it's not a problem. You know what I'm saying? You just you don't complain. You just go ahead and you do it. Like and it, like once I know I have to do something for really complaining about it doesn't make as much sense to me. That's not to say sometimes I don't complain. I'm a human being and I'm flawed. All right. So I'm like, yo, I'm doing this. They're going to find some polyps. They're not going to be cancerous. Let it be, Lord. Let it be. You know, whatever. But we're going to take care of this and get this done so I can move to the next level. And that, if that's fighting, if I have to fight cancer, I have to fight cancer. But I need to get to the I need to get to the root of it so I can start that fight so that I'm not in a precarious situation where it's like, damn, you know, you could have beaten this or had a better chance at it had you gotten on it and been an adult like you need to be an adult. Right. So anyway, well, blessings, blessings, blessings. Let's hope we don't even have to talk about going down that route at all. So I, I, I go yesterday. Um, fortunate enough, you know, saying after night we go yesterday. Um, get in there. I have an uh, all woman's crew, right? And it's funny. <laughs> so initially, prior to that, I was like, uh, I, I looked at my thing and I was like, oh my my the, 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 my doctor is a woman is giving the colonoscopy, right? And I was now I'll tell you this full disclosure. Like when I was like, I don't know if it was in high school or in college, but I let it be known, like with my hospital, like my preference is a female doctor. Right now, I've had male doctors since then. Right now, I don't really care, to be honest with you. Full disclosure now as a grown ass man, I don't really care. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, man. Um, and you know, this is immaturity. I'm like, oh my God, I hope nothing happens. <laughs> right? Like, what if something comes out of me? This lady's gonna be there, like, oh my goodness, right? Again, this is me being immature. This is this is a profession. This is a Are you time. sure you didn't eat the last two days? Right. Now <laughs> so um anyway, and so I, I, I'm sitting there, I have this long talk with this nurse yesterday. We had a, a really good time because I was waiting. First of all, they told me to get there an hour earlier, and I still they didn't call me back there still to an hour later. So oh it's like, really? Like, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, so I had to be there at 11.15, so I had to get there at 10.15, right? I get there at 10.15. I'm thinking, okay, 10.30, I'm in a gown, I'm in the back, right? Right. They didn't come get me to like 10.23, maybe. I mean, 11.23, maybe, all right? And then I was They got you like there. airport security does. Right. And I was still back there until this came in 10, 11, 23. I didn't go under till maybe 12, 20. You know what I'm saying? So I had to, so it was later. It was like, yeah, well, you're after her. Right. So I was like, okay, okay, whatever, whatever. So I, I talked to them, meet my doctor, meet the nurses, meet everybody. The anesthesiologist uh, talked to her. So they bring me in there and I see even like the assistants. I said, oh, my God, it's, it's all women say, yeah, girl power. No, I, I was like, and it was it was such the vibes was so cool. It was there was music playing. One nurse looks at me. She said, I seen you dancing in that. I really wasn't. But I was like, it is what it is. If I was what, what it was or whatever. It was she was playing whoop there. She could feel the end, the inside you were dancing. But I still I, I, I bopped a little bit after that or whatever. So and on under center prior to under center. 
um, I was talking to the guys about, yo, I can't do Tuesday's show of uh, uh, this Monday. I think I don't know if we recorded it Monday or Sunday night. But I let the guys know, look, I can't go Tuesday and why? And after I told them, you know, my past history, we all kind of had an open talk about about it. I'm not getting into their history or whatever, right? Um, but Alex had mentioned uh, just, you know, the the the, the uh, on that. Well, I'm trying to do what Future says on that white. On that stuff like Mike. So he was like, yeah, they put me on a permethazole. And I don't know if I'm mispronouncing that right now, right? And I was like, that we both, me and me and, and uh me and Eric were like, that Michael Jackson, right? He was on that Michael Jackson. Like if you said to anybody, that's their friend, it, it is. It's like that Michael Jackson. So even like Oshad and Maya, I think Sean may have said that. Uh, because and I think when we were here and when when Lawrence was on with us. Um, or I don't know if it was for him, but somebody said that they put them out during their colonoscopy. My first colonoscopy, I had to be up. So, like, I was groggy and out of it, but I was up and I saw them remove my polyps. Now, I made a miss one. I made a doze on it, but I was I was up um, because it, and then and what I found out, because I asked the nurse um, if the doctor is an anesthesiologist and they do the procedure, then they may do it the way that I had it before. When the anesthesiologist is, isn't the doctor, then you figure out which way is best to do it. And it's particularly it's a case by case basis. All right. Mm, yeah, because they'll have somebody actually monitoring you the whole time. Which you yeah, need. she was right. She was sitting right behind me or whatever. Right. So I'm sitting there, you know, they give you the surgery needle, which is, you know, it's the needle. And then they get that big that tube behind it or whatever. If I showed you my bruise, um, it's, it's crazy. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> um, I love the attempt, though. <laughs> yeah, hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh, here we go. If you can yeah, that is a hearty one. Yeah, right. There, and what is right? that from? This is just from the wait. This right here is from the needle. So really, this is like, Damn. this is the needle went all the way back into here and it's all this bruising or whatever. Oh. Yeah. So it's just a needle. I mean, and I'm, I'm not an intravenous, needles. I'm not an intravenous uh, drug user, but I mean, I outgrew like going, getting shots as a kid. You kind of. You should see the tracks of my other arm. <laughs> Come on. You should see, man. Hey, give me that spike. I need it. I need it right now. Um, but so then um, it's about that time. And uh, the, the the white, the milky white stuff comes through, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the IV. And um, oh, I see it and she's like, uh, do you feel anything? I'm like, yeah, it burns. And she's like, you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm just, I feel it. She's like, well, maybe it's a clot. Like maybe I had a clot that pushed through. It wasn't a clot. I, like, I mean, I, I think anybody, sometimes depending on when I get a shot, what it is, I can feel it go inside of my veins. All right. Like, it, I like the, it, uh, yeah, maybe it's a clot from the, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, maybe that's something. So, uh, I guess I said girl power and the next thing I know I was out, but I do, I will say this when I had my ACL surgery, I believe that the, the, they told me count back from a hundred and I, I swear that I hit 98 and I was gone, right? Like it was like, I, f- I knew it was getting dark and it was like out, right? I feel like I was up for about at least 40 to 50 seconds, if not for this, all right? Depending on if it was going through or not, depending on, but I don't know. It, I think it was going through. I'm just telling you, I feel like so I, the at least a hard magnesia couldn't get you knocked out right, fast enough. Right. So, but then listen, I'm gone, right? I'm, so then I'm, I'm out. 
I wake up. I'm in the recovery room. Um, I see the nurse. Uh, they asked me, you know, you want me to go get after? I'm like, yeah. You know, I told them before, like, you know, definitely bring her back. Um, so then the doctor comes. And I'm like, all right, doc, you know what it is, what it is. And she says, you don't have any polyps. Oh, and I have to go back in five years. And if I again don't have polyps, I have I can wait seven years before I have to go back again. Look at that. So all that fear and worry that I had, I didn't have anything. You know what I'm saying? And that's not to say that that's why I want to do this. Um. And I'm using this for colon cancer, but I, I, I'm just saying this as anybody, male or female, but particularly with males and our hesitancy sometimes to do what we need preventative medicine. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, especially if you throw the colonoscopy preventative medicine right. it tends to be the least form of happiness for males. Yeah. It, it, and you know what? And it's not it's not as bad as it makes it. My, I had it while I was up and numb. Now, yesterday. I ain't really feel nothing. All right. Like I woke up and I like I shook a little bit in the bed and after started laughing because she knew what I was doing. I was checking to make sure my back parts was still was still tight as I right? Getting that bop. Did I lose my bop? Right. Like am I am I still as virginal? I'm joking, everybody. I have to do this to to lighten the mood. Um but she laughed, but I didn't like I didn't feel any like I I I didn't I felt tired. Um, but that was because I was on the drug, right? Or whatever, right? So um, yeah, um, I did it. Everything's fine. Uh shout out to everybody that wished me luck, you know what I'm saying? Like uh Dolores, um, and everybody liked it from the Shot and Maya crew. But um, yeah, I did it and everything worked out. And that's not to say that for everybody everything's gonna work out, but it's best to get on top of it. And that's why I want to talk about it because I was hesitant. And that could have cost me. Like that was that was 11 years, 12 years, 11 years that when I guess five years. So let's just say seven years that I could have had a ticking time bomb inside of my body that I wasn't taking care of. And I was neglecting just because I wasn't on my shit. And I don't want anybody else to to do that. And I hope if you do it, that you you get the, 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 the same outcome that I was lucky enough and fortunate enough. That was fortunate enough, I should say, to get. Um, but just in case you need to be on it, especially as we enter these these older ages. And I, I just wanted to put that out there um, for anybody out there. It's not as bad. And I don't think it has the same connotation. I remember my dad talking to me about the first time he had his prostate checked. You know, what I'm saying I know the reason that he wanted to talk to me about it is to kind of diffuse that. I mean, we joked about it like, ew, right. But we would still to be like, hey, son, this is kind of what happens as you get older. And that's I had that same discussion with Kenton where it was like prior to it, like, listen, I have polyps. There's a chance in the future you could have polyps. So you need to know when you talk to medical professions, my history so that you can tell them in case, because if I didn't get the first one, who knows where I would be? Those polyps would have still been in my body till today. If I because I don't you don't get it as young as I am. I mean, it still is. I know I joke about being old on here, but it's still as young as I am in my early four. You don't naturally go get a, a, a colonoscopy. You know, what I'm saying it's not it's not to you a little older than than right now. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So that's it. 
let me jump into some sports. I just wanted to to hit you all with a little bit of me. Um, I try to give you a little bit of me, especially if it can be beneficial. Um, I've always tried to at least do that as uh, me and Ryan and before as uh, D and myself have uh, been trying to do this show. So just take care of yourself and um, do your preventatives, man. I had a nice, uh, I hadn't, I've been gobbling fruit. I, every morning I have a nice big bowl of fruit with my breakfast. Um, and I haven't been eating as many this last month, month and a half, the raw vegetables that I were eating the months prior. I had a nice plate. And I and the worst part is prior to this, you have to have a low residue. Um, uh, so I couldn't eat any raw fruit or raw vegetables. So I, I couldn't eat either one of these. And I enjoy both of them. Um, but just be be better with your diet, um, because I think that's part of the reason why I didn't have it, even though like since the pandemic, I've been ordering out and I've never been an order out person as far as digi order out with Uber and so on and so forth. Um, I still don't I don't need a lot of fast food. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not the McDonald's and I'm not just trying to blame those people, even though they're not helping you. But I don't need a, I don't eat. I don't need like I'm not a type of person that needs French fries with something. You know, what I'm saying I'm not saying to say I'm saying to say I don't eat right, but I don't eat like that. And I think that the changes in my diet to where I was 12 years ago compared to now, even if I have uh, times of not being on my, my spot, my cue um, benefited me not to have pops again. That's it. Yeah, I think you're just saying it's never too late to start good habits and they can pay off in the immediate as well as the long term if you stick with it and you actually start doing it. But I guess uh, how the hell is this colonoscopy going to go this Sunday with the Packers hosting the Bears? (laughs) Well, you know what? To be honest with you, it's not going to be this Sunday. Um, It's this the end of the season. I mean, if we're going to use that it was similarly, as far as, you know, what a colonoscopy does, uh, one, investigating what's going on. And if it sees something bad, removing it and then checking it to make sure it's not even worse than just having it in the first place. Right. So if you want to play surgery, if you want to do this dance, I'll use your colonoscopy uh, similarly. Right. Matt Nagy. Metaphor. Thank you. It's not. It's not. A, it's, it's not. It's not a simile. It's a metaphor. Simile has to be like or as. I guess it could be a simile. I think it's. I, know, a metaphor I didn't know. I didn't know because I was going to say metaphor initially, but I know like growing up, we used to mis mismanage the shit out of metaphor. So that's why I went with simile, <laughs> yeah. right? Because I guess like I could rap, see myself being rap, extremely guilty with that. Growing up in rap, we used to we used to we used to we used to bash metaphor. What a metaphor was used for, we used to not do it properly, right? Oh, that's a metaphor. No, it's a simile. Simile. Anyway, so I have me doubting it. Maybe it is. Anyway, a it's a metaphor. If we're going to use this metaphor, similarly as far as the colonoscopy, and when it comes to the Bears in this upcoming game and for the remainder of this season, um, Matt Nagy is the polyp, and I hate. I don't even really like saying that. To be honest with you, that's distasteful. Um, so the person is the polyp, right? Because sometimes we just, even though he a grown ass man, but sometimes we just we go you go too far with this stuff, right? I mean, we're but, just end of the day saying he's got to go. Right. But this is this is the point of finding out what's in the polyp, because does just getting the polyp really solve the issue? Removing the polyp, does that solve right. the issue? Right. Not if it's not if it's a cancerous polyp. Right. Depending on right. you don't know how far the cancer spread. And again, this is it's, it's yeah, when you know say something as serious as cancer, but we still you get what I'm going and where the real danger is going to come from, because 
the same people are going to make the same decisions. Well, um, it's and- to your point, simile metaphor. What's that diet looking like? If you're not going to make any changes to your diet, great one. Right. It's same stuff is going to keep happening over and over, over and over. Are you getting yourself educated on how to change your diet? Are you making calls to professionals to figure out what stuff you need to change to your diet? I don't know if the Bulls are taking or the Bears are taking that medical advice right now because they no. rarely have in the past, if at all. No, I mean, when you see the only, you know, what? I can't even say that the Bears are the only professional franchise in Chicago that hasn't changed their diet. The Bulls have finally changed their diet. And probably does that, that diet look good, by the way. Right. That boy, she looking good, boy. That. It's, right. she, it's you, you're raw and vegetables. You got that plate. There's all right. those colors. You're just Bull, like, listen, look at the this Bull, flavor. The, the Bulls so hot, they got an OnlyFans page. That's just how <laughs> they hot. They just a baddie over there, right? I got to tell you, that's so hot. I'm thinking about subscribing. Give exactly. me that OnlyFans. And we never give our money to OnlyFans pages, right? So, I mean, the Blackhawks did it. The Blackhawks were the first to do it. The Cubs did it with Theo and Jed. The Sox actually did it by staying in-house with Rick Hahn, giving Rick Hahn more control and finally stopped trying to win every year and ripping it down. The only team that has totally that, that has has not totally changed its 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 apparatus, its its operating is the bear, the Bears. All right. Um the Bears still do the same thing, getting to your point as far as your diet. You still have I don't know what Ted Phillips do, does up in Hollis Hall, but I know he's not. A, and I hate to use this football guy stuff. So I know he's not proficient in football decisions. He, listen, if he if he is a football, he makes football decisions. They haven't been great. Um, Ryan Pace has been average to below average um, and ownership has been negligent outside of spending money to upgrade facilities that they let Ryan Pace they let Brian Pace finally. Okay, and I'm supposed to give you props for stepping into the the, the the 20th century. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm supposed to get you got you have the money. You're supposed to have been done it. You know what I'm saying? Right. The same stuff we see here about the Bulls and scouting and how our, how archaic their scouting department was. You know what I'm saying? Like why you have enough money to do it the right way? Why are you still doing it in an old manner because you feel like it works? But to the to the to bare bones of it, it seems like you're just not spending your dollars. And you know, you know what so really that- kind of pisses me off about that? Remember when George first took over as chairman and he did his rounds meeting all the owners of Chicago sports? And a lot of them had changed, maybe not Jerry with the Bulls, but he had changed with the White Sox. You didn't take anything away from any of this. You just did everything the exact same way. So th- that used to finish it off with that metaphor analogy. Um, the, it, you, you, you really shouldn't stop in Mad Nagy. I don't have. Um, what do you think the odds a, are of that's what about anyone else getting fired besides Nagy and the coaching 30, staff? Obviously, 30, maybe 30 percent. And I think I'm going high. I mean, because, OK, when you say odds, if, if this rumored uh, bump up, failing up takes place, um, as far as Ryan Pace, but I don't, I don't think they're getting rid of Ryan Pace. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, honestly, now, I think the odds are higher that he'll get bumped up before he gets bumped out. I can agree with that. I don't, I don't see them getting rid of Ryan Pace, and in that, I don't see a, a shift, a, a, a large enough shift from the past. Ryan Pace has had one winning season his seven years here in Chicago. 
regardless of what you think about what he initially inherited, he's had one out of the seven years, he's had one winning year. It would be different if that one winning year he made it to, I'll even say the championship game, not even the Super Bowl. Right. Right. It, like, he made it, it out of the first round. Right. It would like it would it would be like at least then I could give you a little bit more leeway, but I can't. But I now And you know what's the- really funny too? Like I talked mm-hmm. to friends about the Bears. His third head coach like saying an NFL GM has had three coaches, he's just like I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. This is so rare. This just doesn't happen. And especially when you don't succeed. Dude, I mean, that's that's facts. So I want to transition to this game this Sunday night at Green Bay. Um, game would be on NBC. You know, you can always check out the Undercenter podcast on NBC Sports. Um, listen, the Bears are going to get their asses kicked. Um, Justin Fields is returning. He can the toe can the toe fall off in the next couple of days? And Jordan Love plays. No, listen. I will say this: regardless of some of the uh, issues the Bears have with injuries and whatnot, and in their they're, they're on the defensive side, they're third in sacks. So the toe may be getting and, and what Khalil, not Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn got an extra sack. He has twelve sacks now from uh, Kyler Murray at the beginning of the game. So I think he's third. He's fourth. He's fourth in the league, but he's first in the NFC. Comeback player tied. of the year, right there, baby. It's not even a question that he's comeback player of the league. We're real quick. Uh, he's tied in the NFC with Nick Bosa, but and they're both fourth uh, behind um, with T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, and Matt, Matthew Judon. Who I've always liked Matthew Judon um, when he was. Um, even though the crazy part in this article, and I got this from um i got this from the suns not the tribune they have matthew judon i was just thinking i was going to say i loved him as a raven they have him listed as a raven and he's a patriot now Ooh, big whoops and it just hit me big whoops i won't even think, you know, i don't know who wrote this but i won't say it because i enjoy the tribune so much <laughs> in the writing. but um it's, we all make mistakes but Everyone's running the, to their local 7-Eleven. Give me the Tribune! <laughs> but you have the Bears with 34 sacks and that's third in the league behind the Steelers and the Vikings. Um, but listen, they, they should be able to apply pressure. Um, but, I mean, let's be honest. Their secondary, um, it's been decent, but it hasn't been, it hasn't been stout. Um, you, you're lucky enough to have, and it's crazy to say, you're lucky enough to have Bojack back there on the backside. You know, even regardless of his failures, he's still better than what they have when he's not out there. Um, Artie Burns. them organized, at least it seems like. Right. Artie Burns has been better than Kendall Vildor, who the league was exploiting. Um, and you have a fifth and a sixth corner that they should be guys you're getting off the streets right now because you're ravaged by injury. Not your starting roster from after cuts. Right. That just blows my mind. That's 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 saying a lot. But to play devil's advocate, the Bears never thought the cap was going to end up being what the cap was after the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can, I, I can play devil's advocate to that. Get rid of Jimmy Graham and keep Kyle Fuller. You're, you're right, and you told you I can't. I have nothing else to say to that. You know what I'm saying? Especially looking at what they did with 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 Jimmy Graham this year. It's not. It's it's clear. Even with the fact that Kyle Fuller hasn't been lighting it up. 
with Denver, yeah. we still know what he would be here in Chicago. How Especially with Jalen be. being like the number one corner. The question is, would he be number one just yet? You know maybe what I'm not. saying? It yeah, depends because Kyle Fuller has been up and down, like you said, this year. Right. I wonder if how it would have switched uh, mm-hmm. between them. And I think it wouldn't have been an issue because of Kyle, Kyle Fuller taking Jalen Johnson under his wing. I don't think it would have been something between them. But I, but also, it may have been something with sometimes with the Bears, how it seems like they want to play uh, titly winks with the players and maybe not hurt their feelings in some ways to where it's like, you know, Jalen is a, a, a extending and you, you need to place him as the guy that's on that that premium first receiver on the opposing teams. But still, looking at this game, um, you're looking at a Packers team that's kind of found itself in running the ball with the fact that Aaron Jones was out and Dylan kind of gave them that that tough edge um, to really just grind out sometimes and use a, a power running to go around with what Matt LaFleur and what Aaron Rodgers can do with the offense through the air. Um, look, they're they're the second best team. They're the second or third best team in the NFC. You know, like I don't know where you place them above Tampa Bay. Um, I could I could say they're above Tampa Bay, but I could say Tampa's above them and they're number two. I I, I would probably say Arizona's number one, but not yeah. number one. Like I believe they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I have to give them number one. I have to place them at number one for what they have done so far this season. Um, they they deserve and I've been thoroughly it. impressed with what the Packers have done this season. So you want them two? If you want them three, I think we're kind of quibbling. They've been yeah. They stood out. And the thing, see, this is the thing too with Tampa. I'm waiting for how Tampa looks at the end of the year more than I'm worried. Like once they get their full accoutrement to play, like Antonio Brown has been hurt since the beginning of the season. We know what he looks like once he's back to himself with Tom Brady. It's like it, he look at what Tom Brady's numbers are this year. They're they're some of the top numbers in the NFL as far as quarterback play, right? Yeah, he and you've had, got Gronk he back had, too, and that's been but look, huge. He hasn't had Gronk and AB for majority of the year. Mm-hmm. Right. Just think about that. And him and Michael Evans kind of hook up. You know what I'm saying? Like he hasn't even <laughs> they do. Kinda. He hasn't even had like they kind of click, but they don't. Right. Right. Like he hasn't. He has his numbers are that ridiculous. And his two killers through the air. A good one's one of them. But really, Antonio Brown and Gronk have been gone and he's still been doing it. And I, I you would think that he would still keep their record to where it is. But no, he's still assaulting the record books. MVP right? favorite, I believe the gambling favorite right now for MVP. We'll see. Um, I, I would have no problem with it. Somebody his age doing what he's done, he, he deserves it. I mean, and you, I'm not the I'm not the Brady guy, but it is what it is. You can't you can't deny. But for all you Bill Belichick haters, look at what he's doing with a rookie quarterback. Boy, are we? Can we see Tampa and New England in the Super? No, nah, I don't real? think New, I don't think New England can pull it off. Like, because I think the I'm problem. I'm starting with New, to think that they can. This is the problem with New England, and I thought about this the other day. If we're asking them in this NFL to do the same thing they did in Tom Brady's second season. I just think the rule changes allows more scoring. Now, I'll say this. They do allow you to play real nasty in the Super Bowl. Like, they allow you to get physical. They some, Majority of times in the Super Bowl, they allow you to play a little bit of older football as far as touching the receivers a little yeah, bit. They're you know way too afraid to throw a flag in the whole right. nation. You know what I'm saying? But they, they allow it to look a little bit more, a little, a little, a smidge closer to the football of the early odds. I won't even go ahead and say the 90s. It's not the 90s, right? I don't think with – I think Matt Jones is doing terrific. He'll be rookie of the year. I still don't think – they may be able to pull off a 27 to 30 point game in a championship and a Super Bowl that they may do, they may need depending on who they play. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, especially 
Now, especially in coming out of the AFC now, I don't think... Does it matter if they're the number Bills. one seed to you? Not... Yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna. It's harder for anybody to go through Foxborough. One. I'll, I'll, especially... I, I think they're getting close weather, to locking that down. Especially inclement weather. Um, but I... I, I and I, and listen, I know... I know all that money they spent. I still don't know if they can match up with Patrick Mahomes. They may be able to almost get him. I don't think they can get him. You that's who I was I thinking in my head. Like, I what if you get in a shootout with Mahomes? And, I think that's and, the and only with, team they can't with beat. the way that defense is playing now, too. And see, that's the thing that earlier on in the year, I feel like we kind of talked about that that defense was probably going to end up figuring out how to become a bend yep. don't break defense. You know what I'm saying? A lot but everyone's like, there for them to just be bad. And and a lot of time. That's the thing. It, it still was so much time before we can just cancel Kansas City and be like, all right, it's a wrap. So I don't know if they can outscore the Chiefs, you know what I'm saying, or hold the Chiefs back offensively enough for them to pull it off. I'll tell you this. After this season, I, I, it's New England. You know what I'm saying? Because once you get this kid, a Nick Mac Jones, another year, they're going to get him a re- another. They're going to get him a receiver. All right, like they are. It's maybe in the draft, but I bet you they get a nice receiver in this upcoming draft. Especially with that rookie contract he's got. Exactly. So now you could go out and try to get him his Randy Moss, like Brady ended up getting later. I'm like, but you can give him over the top piece. You can give him that early. And I mean, think about how much money New England spent last year in free agency. They don't have as many holes. They can really do what they want in the draft. It, But still, that that's all the way coming back to the Bears and the Packers this Sunday night. Um, Listen, man, it's not even really worth d- diving deep into. Like, that's, I mean. No, we're waiting for, is it collaboration parade? Or are we actually having some change that's going to mean something? Like, that's that's it, right? And then we don't know. And we'll be sitting here. I mean, I'll say this. We'll I'll probably tell you what, having, those last two weeks of the season where they might be just meeting say, up with candidates. We'll, we'll know. We'll know depending on if we hear about the candidates, it'll give us an inkling on who they want to be above them as far as may, what may happen with Ryan Pace. But still, you may be able to bump Ryan Pace up enough to bring somebody in a, a below him and above that coach that that that, co- that the coaching candidate may prefer. But until we start to hear that, that's when we'll get an inkling of what's going on right now. It's all conjecture. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all I, I do in a couple of these games are conjecture. Right. I, I want us to start looking and diving into guys that we like. Doesn't mean they're going to be the person the bears either interview or pick. But I do want us to, just to have something to bandy about here on that Davis show. And something for us to kind of talk to with, you know, what I'm saying everyone that's listening or watching um, to go back and forth with. So we'll start to do that. Uh, moving down a little bit further in the future. What else? Um, to, are we doing any more football? I'm sorry, I just blanked out on you. Now let's move on to the hardwood. Hardwood, the, oh, the good old OnlyFans Bulls. Oh, I feel like a warm hugs just embrace me now that we've switched subjects. Like I, I love the Bears. I'm so checked out on them. I'm just praying. Like I have to write these idiotic previews for like how they're gonna win. How they're gonna win is the other team gets COVID or something. Like it, give me the crazy like. Something happens where the whole team has to forfeit at halftime. That's how the Bears win. Like, that's how, where we've gotten to, basically. Maybe call me when the Giants, they're playing them, and they got a shot. So anything Bulls-related, just, like, injected into the system. Uh, listen, the Bulls have been playing well with players out. Alex Caruso, he has an ankle or a hammy? Hammy. 
He doesn't have me. Alex Caruso is going to be out sometime till next week. And, you know, you don't want to rush him back. And the Bulls are good oh, enough yeah. to where the Bulls are are, 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 play, are playing well enough to even if they take on a few losses, they can make that up this before the second half of the season or in the second half of the season. And you, you know what I was kind sure. of thinking, too? Like, you're not trading away Caruso. He's a big part of what you're doing. You give some of these role players, like you don't have draft picks. Maybe you package a few role players to get a role playing big. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Or again, like we've talked about, you do have the chance now, since you're an attractive destination, to get a piece in the buyout that you wouldn't have been able to get in the past because people didn't think you were going anywhere. Who wants to come there? And you're not even going to the playoffs. Why am I going to go and play for your team and you don't even have a chance to make any noise in the playoffs? Now, people are starting to talk about you going to the Eastern Conference Finals, and there's very there's few, if any, teams in the East that they're afraid of you playing. That's how people, especially here in Chicago, were starting to feel about this Bulls team. Um, I was watching um, the post game with with Kendall and Jason and Will Perdue, and uh, I love when Jason was kind of talking about, you know, kind of like and, and Kendall, like who who really are who's what teams are out there that you're afraid of, and it, it made me start thinking back to the year um, Derrick Rose won the MVP, and I remember talking to Demaz and our friend Medi at work. And this was like, it was, this was the month before, it was November, right? And I said, y'all, I think Derrick Rose may win the MVP. And he was like, what? And I was like, he, at this point, he may have been leading the league in scoring. Because the first half of that year, he was in the top three. He may have been leading the league in scoring. The Bulls he was had probably the best averaging record. a double double. He basically right. The did Bulls that had the, the best record. I can't remember where he was with assists, but he wasn't low, right? I was like, LeBron went to another man's team. Right. The Bulls have the best record and he's the leading scorer. In all fairness, it kind of lines only up. only superstar, too. Right. It, it, it lines up for him to win. And they were like, hmm. Right. And I remember it, that it kind of watching them talk about who can beat the Bulls and that there's no fear of a team in the East defend, defeating the Bulls. It made me think about that. Like, you, and, 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 and Jason Goff keeps saying this while watching that on NBC. Make sure you're after Bulls games, you check it out on NBC Sports. Um, he kept talking about how last year no one was saying in Phoenix thought the Suns were going to go to the finals. And it was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, think about like the Golden State's first year. Nobody right. knew Golden right. State was going to be that. I mean, we knew they were a good team when they fired Mark Jackson and Steve Kirk could choose between going to New York with Phil Jackson or choosing Golden State. And we was like, all like, you better go to Golden State because they got some pieces over there, right? You don't know what's going on. Great regular season, but right. we all thought is the small ball line I'm going to work in the playoffs. Right. So, um, uh, dude, when you look at what this Bulls team and, and they're made up and they still have the chance to add a piece or two, I, and then you look at the East, the only team that's had their number is the Sixers. I, to be honest with you, and I know the Bulls have an issue with, with Joel and B. I don't know. And they, they did lose to the Sixers, I believe. One game that Embiid wasn't playing. Am I correct, uh, Ryan? Did Embiid miss a game or not? I thought he didn't. I could be okay. incorrect. So, about that. but re- regardless of that, I can't necessarily say, even with the fact that it seems like the Sixers have the Bulls' number, that I wouldn't lean on the Bulls in a seven game series against the Sixers, how the Sixers are presently constructed. You know what I'm saying? And especially and I'm remembering, given the Bulls. By the way, he played both games so far. Okay. Especially given the Bulls' uh, coaching staff. I mean, you could say the same for the Sixers' coaching staff. Time to really break down what the Sixers are doing over over a, a season. I mean, a series, right? Um, I'm not afraid of Miami. Um, 
I'm not afraid. I mean, you definitely got to be afraid of the Bucks, a healthy Bucks team. I'm not afraid of the, of the Nets if they don't have Kyrie. Right. And I'm I'm not afraid of the Knicks, but the Knicks are better than what I thought they were going to be this year. I thought they were going to re- regress to the mean. Um, they're still playing with some edge from last season with the additions they made and the subtraction of Kimball Walker. You know what I'm saying? Like, so looking at this Bulls team, I mean, I, I saw Billy Donovan's postgame interview and it just it made me think back to saying to you, well, now we know what Arturis and Mark told him. And the fact that they have a quality coach at the head that's always been a great defensive coach in the NBA. Um, the offense is flowing. Um, you got Io, who played his ass off the other night for a story. rookie with 42 minutes, what, 11 points, like eight assists or five or eight assists or something like that. But just he was he was so in the moment. You know what I'm saying? And like when you see rookies in his case, they're playing faster than they need majority of the time. You know what I'm saying? Like they ha- even regardless of how fast the NBA is, they're playing with a jittery motions in my view. You know what I'm saying? And he doesn't seem like that. You know, so even if you his know, pace is hastened, he still seems like he's in control. I heard uh, based on advanced stats, I believe he is top five amongst all rookies with a hundred less minutes than the top four with him. As far as what? All the advanced metrics. He's within mm. like the top five. Really? Mm, I didn't know that. You just you just you just hit me with one right there. So, again, um, I'm looking forward to it. The game's on right now. They're playing Cleveland right now, right? I'm recording. Mm-hmm. Um, Cleveland actually, you know, has, has kind of played the Bulls a little bit. We saw them in preseason. We were laughing They've been at playing the, the whole league pretty good. I, right oh, now. yeah. They're top. I think they're top five in defense. Um, like, they, I mean, Evan The Mobley, Finnish first, Lord is playing well as, what, as of what, late. What, I haven't checked on Laurie. What is Laurie doing? I believe his, his regular season numbers are – like the same as they've been with the Bulls, but specifically since he's come back from COVID, he's been shooting very, very well going into this game. Good for Larry. And it's no hard feelings against Larry. Just no. we found out who he was and it wasn't enough of what we expected and wanted him to be. I Cleveland's know, I probably a better fit. Yeah, probably so. You know what I'm saying? So, again, I love everything we got here. So, uh, again, um, I'm hyped. Um, I think the Bulls play the Heat in what a, a, the next day and a half, a day or something like that. The, the Saturday, maybe. Saturday, Saturday. They play the Heat. They have a couple days off. Um, the Heat's are bottling injury with Bam being out, so it's a good time to play the Heat right now. And I believe Jimmy could be out as hmm. well. So if you're Jimmy's saying battling, so you right as of right now, the Bulls could beat Cleveland, could beat the Heat. And then by next week, they could have DeMar and Alex Caruso back and be back on the same crew. And I'm, that's that's with, with victories and not losses, back on the same cruise route that they've been on majority of this season. And isn't that kind of a good thing if DeRozan gets these kind of built-in breaks here and there just to give him that little extra juice, even though he's not old, but he's an older player? And I think it's also good for Lonzo. I think Lonzo has to... to he has to be assertive scoring at times because, and you know how much I love Lonzo. We talked about it. Lonzo's very close to becoming a made man in my right. book. Right. But it, like that game, the last game, 
you saw with Lonzo scoring 20 points that he knew what he had to do. He, you couldn't be 11-point Lonzo, and yet you have six assists and you got two steals and you got six rebounds. No, you are skilled enough to get into the lane, all right, and you can shoot. We need you to be assertive. And I, I, that's the part that I like outside of DeMar getting rest. I like it because Lonzo has to know sometimes, regardless of how well of a quarterback you are, you have to score. Like, and sometimes QB, I need you to, to use your feet to move these chains. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, uh-huh. and, and I, I know you can West Coast it and you could get perhaps seven yards just trying to run the ball, but, you know, with a short pass instead of a run, but basically you can call it a run. No, no. I need you to get out. I need you to, to get flushed out the back. I need you to run through the B gap, you know, using football analogies. Mm-hmm. I need you to do it without the assistance of someone else at times, Lonzo. And that's one of the key parts that I like. But also, it also has helped Ayo because the fact that Lonzo has to do that, it gives Ayo more opportunities to play his more natural role, even though he can be a combo guard, a point guard. So, and you're building Ayo up, making him the starter. You know what I'm saying? So that. All of that I enjoy, but the, the best part about it is what Arturis Karnasovas and Mark Eversley have put together. Because in the past, what would have happened was we wouldn't have had a rookie like Io to come in and help this team. You know what I'm saying? Or they may have found a guy that could do uh, 70% of what Lonzo could do, but wasn't skilled enough to score, but also wasn't skilled enough to where what he brings to the team is infectious and it gets everyone to play defense more and also pass to rock more. You know what I'm saying? Like they yeah, wouldn't have found dynamicness to yes. Like, yeah, they wouldn't have missing got, the they, dynamic. Yeah. You know what? They, they would have gotten the cheaper version and some of it was due to the attractiveness and our free agency. It would have been due to how attractive the destination was. And in the draft, it would have been from them, Playing it perhaps too safe. Some people could say they're playing it safe going with IO, um, and perhaps the old regime would have done that. I don't know, but still, when you look I mean, at the when fact you throw in he's a second rounder, like, right, we're not talking, but about I mean, I can't, you know, what? I can't honestly tell you that the only thing I'll say is this the fact that Gar Packs drafted Kobe White would have probably been a big enough reason for them not to draft IO, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So they, they probably wouldn't have drafted IO, right? Yeah. But I'll give them props. I won't just bash Garpax. If if they didn't have a Kobe White and they were in this, they had a, they didn't have a draft pick in the second round. I could see them drafting a, a finished player like Io, um, and I, I I believe they have enough connections to know. I mean, you, you didn't, didn't know that Io would perform well in his hometown. You used to have back in the days with Jerry Cross. Uh, you look at Darius Miles and some other players until he he did it with uh, Eddie Curry. There was always a, he, he didn't draft Michael Finley out of a fear of bringing a player back home. You know what I'm saying? Like being in Chicago, being around people that, even though Michael Finley's from Maywood, but being around your old people that it'd be too much and get you into some trouble, so on and so forth or whatever. So I'll say that point and won't just be like everything that Garpax did was trash because it all wasn't trash. It just wasn't good enough. With Garpax, do you kind of like, like almost give him a huge pass because he fired himself? Like I almost like like... Garpacks at the end because um, he stepped down. No, I feel I, I like don't. Ryan Pace or Ted Phillips or George. Someone needs to take a look at that tape and review nope. that tape. And play, no, I'll tell in. you why. Because Ryan Pace is where um, um, John Paxson was before the Derrick Rose draft. Because remember, he was about to get his ass up out of here, right? That's like true. that was 
he was about to get his ass about it. And because the, 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 they wanted to give him so much props for drafting Luau. First of all, I love Luau Day. Ben Gordon and Kirk Heinrich. And they were they were straight, you know, but they they, they was That's so much. Of the, he changed the culture. The culture was changed. It wasn't changed to a championship culture. It wasn't even changed to a deep playoff. Now, I'll even say this. You don't have to win titles. If it's deep playoff runs, I'll settle for that. Even going up with Michael Jordan, because I know the NBA isn't like what I grew up with of Michael Jordan winning championships regularly, right? But if you're telling me that I'm uh, those teams that the Bulls would beat, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I, but I at least got my chance. My body. If you're telling me I can have what they had before Derrick Rose blew out his knee, as far as and even I'm saying even to a lesser degree, but not that far lesser. Um, but still, that's where that's what John Paxson was, and then he lucked into Derrick Rose. So. Again, I'm not I get what you're saying. It should have been done earlier because the failures were, were mounting so high. Like you, 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 they couldn't get out of their own way. I mean, when With you really anything. think about it, your your the biggest thing you were gonna do was bring the last big thing they were gonna do was bring Camelo here, Carmelo here. And what in our hearts we knew it wouldn't have made a difference. I mean, a real difference, right? And on top of that, it was compounded by the fact that he basically missed the next season. Like, mm-hmm. so we, do you know how mad we would have been if the Bulls had San Camelo oh, and then he was boy. and they were on the hook. All right. Ooh. They were on the hook for him. But so like, like even like oh, bringing in Paul Gasol, like the little things they would do where at some point, like you look at again, they had to do this because the general manager was uh, or president of basketball operations was a creep or what I can't remember exactly what the, the 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 president of basketball operations in Portland was doing I can't I, I don't I don't know if it was uh, a hostile work environment or harassment I can't put, I can't remember right now but the point I'm trying to make is this Portland is now where the Bulls were at around the time where Derek after a year or two after Derrick Rose got hurt right where one you still had Derrick Rose's contract um which remind you the Bulls traded Derrick Rose's contract Derrick Rose had what two, I think he had Two or three years left on that, because remember he spent he spent a year or a year and a half with the Knicks, and then he went to Cleveland. He was traded to Cleveland, whatever. So they still you you can't offload Derrick Rose. Um, his injury at that point wasn't uh, uh, it wasn't bad enough to where teams weren't willing to accept his contract. You know what I'm saying? That's the point that I'm initially trying to make. Uh, you look at Portland right now with Dame wanting he's got four years on, on his contract and he wants an extension for two more, which will take him until he's like 36. Right. They're in a situation where he's going to become a, if they do what he wants, he'll become an albatross. Right. And that's kind of how if they go down that road, that's what Garpax would do. You know what I'm saying? And I know we're like, well, how can they got rid of Derrick Rose's contract? Derrick Rose wasn't healthy. If Derrick Rose was still healthy, they would have failed. Don't mind you, Derrick Rose was was younger. The point that I'm really trying to say is they kept doubling down on their construction. And at mm-hmm. some point, you have to realize this isn't going to work, regardless if it, it, it's, it's, it's viable enough to where people can be like, they are right. You have to get bad. You know what I'm saying? And they weren't willing to get bad. And then even when you're being bad, think outside of the box from how you were thinking in the past. You know what I'm saying? Like that's so that that was always the anger and why I won't be like, I'm like, and I get what you're saying. Cause I still don't hate John Paxson for everything he did as a bulls player. Um, but what happened, what happened to the bulls this last five years was maddening. And it got to the point where, and I had never really done this in my life. I wasn't watching bulls basketball. Like I, mm-hmm. last year was really, 
was the first just and I mean, I was recording. I said this before. I was recording them. I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. And then I'll delete it because I'm like, I'm about to spend that much time, man. And they, they're bad. Right. And then, right. like, this content ain't same boat. So it, that was the first. And, I, I, and I, that's my team. Like, that's my team. I mean, even though I can tell you which teams I like and don't like in Chicago, that team did the most winning in my youth. All right. So that's my Yankees. That's my Mickey Mantle team or if the kids are from the, the the kids that are millennials or maybe they're not millennials they're gen x's but that's my Derek jeter and uh mo rivera team you know like but that's that's my lebron with the heat you know whatever you want tim duncan you know like that was my team of where it was like oh we was the baddest people ever you know what i'm saying so that's right. that's one of those things where when you, we're talking about the bulls and they're talking about how well they're playing this year and it's giving you a feeling that Man, to be honest with you, it's giving me a feeling that the D Rose team really only gave me, I'm going to go high and say two years out of that run, right? Yeah. Definitely the first year in Miami. Um, and then and the hope, I, was, I guess, of the next that's year. It. Until that's what I was about to say. And the hope, and the hope, right? Because the first year before, and we saw from Dallas beating Miami, we all knew that they weren't going to be what they were once they figure out, once, once, once uh, Dwayne Wade seated the team to LeBron, basically, the pecking order had been properly set in motion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but this Bulls team, with the amount of talent that they have and the fact that they're playing defense, because that's really the key, that, that these talented offensive players um, could put us in a situation where Bulls could be scoring a lot, still have a nice record, but we knew in our heart of hearts when it comes to the playoffs and you got to play some D, man, these scamps aren't going to put in the effort. These guys, these dudes are putting in the effort. The stuff you see Zach doing now when he's closing the amount of space, it's just – and it seems like it's minor. You just would never see Zach right here, all right, with using his athleticism or just being straight to try to just interfere with the opponent's shot. You know, he would be back here, right, with his, you know, in his basketball stance. But the, the amount of effort that Zach's doing – Coming through when they're when they're trying to screen with his hand out in case if they do pass that ball through I'm gonna I'm gonna dislodge it and knock it out just you you, you, you what you see it, it, I feel a certain kind of way about this Bulls team I don't know what they may do but I know there's a lot of potential in here that we haven't really even really gotten all got all the way out of this team just because of the type of talent that they have on this roster right now yeah I mean what test have they not passed so far right and right. really quick. Portland, how about you stay away from our Mark Eversley? We haven't what, had what? him long enough here. They was coming for see. I, I'm out Ooh, of the loop. He's one of the top candidates for the Portland job. Ooh. I don't like I it. I don't like it. He a Nike guy too, so you know, going back that way, Phil Knight. Mark, we need a little more time, bro. I'm with you. More I'm, time I'm definitely, here. But you can't hate on a brother wanting to get his own. Oh no, own of course team. not. But I, I need a little Mark. Can I get a little I'm Mark? Is it too much to ask? I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. It's about that time. So, uh, Ryan B. Ski, what do you have for me? Don't you think? I mean, isn't this thrilling? Everything's up for grabs. Don't you think? I mean, isn't this thrilling? Everything's up for grabs. Sorry. I Double twice. take. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, well, let's go up how about this? We got uh, two takes and we got two people we're going to talk about right here. You know, when I was watching Cole Komet somehow fumble an interception into the Cardinals player, I forgot who it was, in Sunday's atrocity, 
And then just kind of looking at the Bulls and how they might go moving forward. Who are some of the pieces that maybe they could trade? And you obviously think Kobe White, but how valuable is Kobe White? And then I just kind of thought, who's kind of been more disappointing in their young Chicago career? Cole Komet or Kobe White? Hmm. So, full disclosure, um, coming out of college, I was a much bigger Kobe White fan than Cole Komet. Um, I don't pay as much attention to Notre Dame football, and this is gold, but still, maybe maybe now, with Freeman as the head coach, I can come back home to Indy, but how they did Tyrone Willingham and let Charlie Weiss stay, and Charlie Weiss was just as bad as Ty was, I didn't like it. So, I didn't st- stop being a fan of Notre Dame football, so I don't follow Notre Dame as much as I used to. Um, so I was a fan of Kobe White at North Carolina. I did want in that draft um, with the Bulls needing a point guard. I was cool with them. I was like, man, they, I wish they were higher their seventh. Man, they may as well take Kobe, and Kobe failed to him. Yeah, I wanted Darius Kobe, Garland. I didn't, and I was I was wrong. Darius Garland is balling um, nowadays, right? But he was hurt at Vandy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So well, we he went really before going, the Bulls, anyways. I know, so but I didn't. Him. I wanted him to go before the Bulls could get him. Just be honest mm. with you. And I'm saying I Who was else wrong. Did you like? There was somebody else you liked besides. It was, it, yeah, but it was because remember the fact was we were going off of where they were going to fall, um, but still oh, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Kobe White had some times last year. They they held him back. They didn't really just. They should have played Kobe White one. Um, you didn't have a talented roster. A lot of people were lining themselves about the Bulls last year, talking about who was a cornerstone. The only cornerstone you had prior to the Vooch trade was Zach and Patrick Williams, right? That's the only, I mean, well, I'm talking about the year, but I'm talking about the year before that, actually, because Patrick Williams was a rookie last year. I'm talking about the year before that is what I, what I really mean, or what a Kobe's rookie year. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Looking at, and it's not fair to Kobe White. Kobe White had a shoulder injury and had to have surgery. Uh, Kobe White has not been given the opportunities to just to go. You know what I'm saying? And Cole Commit last year, if you can remember. And, and really he, quick with Kobe White, he played all out of position last year as point guard. Right. Totally. But see, I, but the thing about that, you have to look at uh, Arturison and Eversley. The best part of what they did last year was they really found out what right. they had. But I'm talking about Carter. just with Kobe. Yeah, I get it. I get it because they had to, but they had to know if he could play point yeah. or not. Yeah, right. I don't. I not, don't blame the Bulls for what they did. Right. Because think about it, if Kobe, Kobe can play the point, Io's probably not here, which also tells you that Kobe's probably not long for this team. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially, are you going to sit there and let his equity continue to deflate because you're under, you're going to underutilize him depending on how the season goes? Or while there's still people out there who knows his potential and can view it as that's a new regime, they didn't draft him. They have a player that they drafted that they like that plays the same role, if not better than him. You know, let me get him. So I would say, one, they probably need to move off of him if he's not in their future because it's going to get to the point where – people aren't going to view him as how they viewed him coming into the league. There's there's still some gyms out there that may think they can have, there's a, a talent there that if not start, um, can be there, Vinny the microwave Johnson, right? That's what, you know, Sam McCoffin people were saying when he first came in the league. And I was going to get people their props on something like that. And he was on point when it first kicked off. Now getting the Cole commit, Cole commit, 
really didn't get to play in his rookie year. We was like, where y'all wait? Why y'all got, not putting this kid out there? And it's funny because you look at now the flip with how they were using Jimmy last year, not Cole Komet, and now they've been using Cole Komet and not using Jimmy at all. When you you can use, but they do them. want tight ends. They just no, can't cool. use two. You they can only use one or the other. Both. There are packages for that, right? Um, Bill Belichick, anybody? Right, Rob. Brown? So, so, the, but I'll say this. I'm 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 um I'm I'm much more of a Cole Commit fan here in Chicago than I am of a Kobe White. I have seen games where and if you asked me this six to seven weeks ago, I may have poo pooed on both of them or went Kobe. But I I see that and I never thought Cole Cole, uh, Cole Commit was going to be uh, Gronkowski, right? But I see a guy that can inline block and can catch the rock. You know what I'm saying? And he can definitely be a good starting time. That's it. He can be a good start. He can be an answer. You may still need to go out and get a you guy to go along with him, a guy that you like. He's just a catcher, right? Mm -hmm. But you've you filled the position, and I think he could do it well. Also, his buy-in, and this has nothing, I'm not taking away from Kobe White's buy-in. If you know anything about Kobe White and his brother and the amount of time Kobe is put into the facilities. Kobe White busts his ass. I'm by the new moment, he's not taking a shot at him. But the Cole commits buy-in with, you know, okay, uh, Andy Dalton is the starter. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to spend time with Justin Fields because it's going to be his team sooner or later, and I'm going to stay after practice, and I'm going to do these reps, and I'm going to get better with this guy, even though I kind of don't have to do this to a certain degree. Now, maybe he does with the, the fact that he doesn't have the, the equity as far as being in the league enough to be like, no, nah, forget that. You know, I'm a vet, right? Uh, but but looking at what he's done and what his potential is, and I, I guess when I'm saying his potential, I'm also saying the fact that I think Cole Komet's going to be in Chicago a lot longer than Kobe White. And I guess looking at Io DeSumo, I'm not, and I, I wonder how it would feel if Io wasn't there. With Io being there, and let's be honest, Io's better than Kobe. Like I don't think, I don't, Definitely I don't know. right now. Yeah, and listen now. I don't even know if offensively over the longevity of their career, Kobe is going to be better than Io. He may be a better three-point shooter, maybe, but I, I can't even say that. I know defensively Io is going to be better, and I know playmaking-wise, it's facilitating Io is going to be better. Rebounding. I, I, yeah, I just Io Dusumo is a better player than Kobe White, um, and that's also when you got three years in school compared to one. Because um, imagine if Kobe White has stayed at, at UNC under uh, under um, Williams for two seasons, let alone if he stayed for three years, right? But still, I'm I'm all more co-commit than Kobe. And I, I'm going to be straight honest with you. It's not fair to Kobe White. Kobe White, I feel, has done everything he's needed to do. It's just it's it's just the, the wrong fit, really, right now. So I'm not trying right. to take a shot at Kobe. I like Kobe White. But if you ask me, um, I don't even – I know you got to do your job when it says more disappointing. It's more disappointing that Kobe White – didn't get the right fit because I still think there are teams that can use him and perhaps even this team could use him. But right now it's an early season. So, you know, who knows Kobe white may be essential to this team, depending on somebody gets hurt or depending on just if he starts clicking, but looking at this team right now, I'm going to have to go with Kobe because it's just not the right fit. And, you know, Kobe, he's young. Like Zach took a few years to really get going. So, I mean, it's not impossible for Kobe to still turn around. Uh, I'm honestly a little more disappointed with Cole, and it's not so much anything that I argue with you. I think the potential's there. I've seen the flashes. I think he can be there. 
I might just have Adam Shaheen whiplash. I'm just the inconsistency is driving me nuts, but he's still a young player. It's one of the most difficult uh, positions to transition from college to the NFL. You not only have to know all the run blocking schemes, you have to know all the run plays, you have to know all the pass blocking schemes, all the pass plays. You need to know everything. You're just like the quarterback, essentially. So I'm going to still give him time, not giving up on him or anything like that. But it is so important for him next year to get consistency down. That's the one thing I think really missing from his game. Because it's not that he couldn't be a really effective tight end. Like I think Heath Miller, I hear that a lot. I think that's a very good comparison. A guy that can pick up third downs, he can be a threat sometimes down the seam, depending on the matchup. He'll inline block for you, especially when he learns more. And he's still kind of raw as a football player. He didn't play it full time necessarily at Notre Dame. He was doing a lot of baseball too. So when he pulls up maybe some more of the intricacies of the game where he can kind of like give you a head fake or a head bob and suddenly you're open five yards downfield where you wouldn't be before because now you've got the corner of the safety overplaying, thinking you're run blocking, whatever. I think he'll get better, but you're not going to get better if you keep dropping the ball and keep doing that Adam Shaheen stuff where you're just like non-existent when you get your number called and the ball actually comes your way. I, I can understand that. And I have an argument with that. Um, I will say as a caveat that him and Justin didn't get to practice at the beginning of the year together. So when you're going from the quarterback that he was getting all his reps with now, people can say well, it's, it's been long enough. But still, I mean, I think that's when you look at Allen Robinson and his connection to Justin Fields, I think you can apply the same thing outside of Darnell Mooney uh, to a Cole Komet to a certain degree. And it may not be as bad because Cole Komet, as I was talking about earlier, did spend some some time outside of practice with Justin, but it's still not the same as when you, everything that you just said as far as the blocking schemes, knowing what Justin prefers. In those, like you, It's hard enough being a second-year player and knowing what Andy Dalton wants and you have to know because you've been practicing this whole offseason for Andy Dalton, the preseason and so on and so forth. And that even if you're getting a little bit of Justin, but you still know, OK, this is my job. I'm going to be out here with Andy Dalton. And now you have to do that with Justin. So I, I, I think you can just give him. Let's see how he plays next year. And then I feel like we can be uh, a little bit more judicious when it comes to uh, where Cole Komet should necessarily be. But I was like that seven weeks ago. Um, he had that game, and I was like, you know, Shorty may have it in him. Um, because this this whole offense has been um, disconjointed. You know what I'm saying? So I can't, I can't put it and all on Cole And to your point, Komet. when you have to learn Justin Field blocking schemes, I'm sure they're slightly different than Andy Dalton blocking schemes. Right. And that so can be a I, lot. Yeah. So I, again, like, I, let me see. Let me see after. And again, the problem will be next year. They'll be learning under someone else. I'm not going to use that as much of an excuse because they're professionals now. It'd be so. And the Kokometa being his third season. So, yeah, he'll have to learn a new playbook. And we don't even know if there's going to be a vast difference depending on what coaching tree the next coach is coming from or particularly the offensive right. coordinator. What if we get from. Doug Peterson next? Right. So we don't we don't know. But still, um, I'm a hold. I, I, I'm a hold off on uh, Coke. I can hold off on both of them, but I, we can't lie here. And we both had to choose. All right. What you got for me next? Wanted to get your thoughts on Minnie Minosa. Honored into the Hall of Fame. 
I love me some Mini Minosa, um, as many White Sox fans and many African Americans and Cubans uh, love Mini Minosa. Um, Mini Minosa has a special place in my heart, uh, just from hearing as a kid growing up about um, him being one of the oldest players, like all the decades he played in, because he would come back and play a game, you know, like all, like all those little things with Mini. Um, Minosa being the fact that he was a trailblazer when it comes to um, breaking down barriers in America and, and baseball. I'll say this too. There's, I, I love Minnie Minosa. You see this man right here is Jackie Robinson behind me, right? And Minnie Minosa was one of those Jackie Robinsons, him and Roberto Clemente um, for uh, uh, Latino people. And in particular too, Afro Latinos. And the thing that um, it is always funny with um, downtrodden people, there's a crab in a barrel mentality to where we don't look at each other as, as an asset that we can all uplift each other and be better because we're all scrambling for uh, the crumbs. We put we put each other down, even though we're the same people. You just got dropped off down the street and I was dropped off up the block. You know, as far as you speak a different language. But if you didn't say nothing, they saw you on the street. They would think we're the same per people. Right. I always um, and again, I didn't grow up in this era with these guys, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sports person. And I think when we were young in sports, we really tried to learn about past history. Not to say that everybody and not not to say that everyone today isn't like that. I don't think just as many young people. I don't mean this was sports. I mean, with the fact that you have Google spend times trying to learn about as much about the past as you can with the click of the button. You know, I had to go to the library or do something like that, you know, or talk to somebody to get some history about the past. And you can just do this and get a lot of history. It's not to say you get everything and you can know the exact context of it. Um, but to the point of Minnie Minosa and Roberto Clemente made it a point to say that they were black and uh, Latinos, you know, and I always thought that was dope. You know what I'm saying? You didn't, you don't in those situations, you really don't have to pick. And you think about how much harder it was being coming from another culture. They're not American necessarily black. So you, you're learning American culture with the racism. You're also learning American culture as far as black culture. Um, that's not to say sometimes because, you know, we, we export black culture, like an MF here in America. All right. So it's not to say you didn't get some of the gists of it, but still, I mean, now you're playing with these players, you're dealing with, you're going down South where, you know, you have to, you, you can't sleep, you can't stay with your, where your rights teammates stay. You can't eat in the same places and so on. Uh, you, you got many playing for the Cubans. Um, it, it's just, it's so dope. Um, especially when it comes to race, and how uh, race has been used that the, the way that these men through through race and culture were able to succeed and to be these trailblazers and these these, these the, the pinnacle of um, what what a, what what people should be not men, but what people should be um, when you're taking on tall tasks like they both took on. So being a black man. I've always uh, had an affinity. You know how we always joke over here about not letting my Cubans go. That starts with Minnie Minosa. And I'm, I'm not even saying that because he's getting tall. I, I mean, that's I always that's one thing great about being a Sox fan. We can go through Alexi, Jose Contreras. You know, we can keep we can just keep on going to the Cubans that we have on our team today with Jose. There's Abreu, some White Sox yes, flags in Cuba. Grind of course there is just Monty Grandal, you know what I'm saying? Like I mean when you're talking about just all the you're talking about Lewis Robert, um just 
it's it's I love it. And it, the thing is, too, and the fact that for the majority, it's, it's Afro-Cuban. Um, I'm a brother. I can't. I like it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you like and to the see team you root for. Right. And you like to see people to look like I have like I I have no um, reservations for somebody that. Yeah, I see. I, I'm watching the NBA and this is white boy going off and I'm white and I love it. That's good. You should like that's. That's fine. Like I'm just like he's, I get it, right? You people want to be represented. I mean, represented, and to uh, see to see that and know what I mean. I guess that's too to know what they went. But I, I keep talking about Roberto, but to know what Minnie Minosa went through. You know what I'm saying? Like you and you can kind of see it, even though he seems like a a jolly guy. You can still see that, to me in his face that they, there was a there's a long journey there. You know, what I'm saying and to come out of it. And that be a great family, man. And to finally get into the hall and always being a great representative representative of the White Sox. I love it, regardless of what anybody else thinks. If you don't and I haven't heard anybody say that he shouldn't. But uh, if you don't think he should bump you. All right. We in there, baby. Let's go, Minnie. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So I, I, I love it. I love the fact that you brought it over here to the show. Um, it's, it's great. And I wish he could have been here to see him get into the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, like that would have been even even better. Or if he could have come straight into the major leagues and didn't, you know, have to play for the Cubans and have to like, you know, how many opportunities, how old some of these guys are like he, he by the time he got to the Sox, you know, he was in the middle of his prime, if not a little past it. You know what I'm saying? You you uh-huh. think about what these guys had to do and how they, you know, we think about people using sports today to get out of their situations. Really think about how, how back in the days, how dire their situations were to, and, and, and even getting into sports, how it didn't necessarily mean everything was going to be all right. And you still had to deal with other people's bullshit as far as racism and oppression. Yeah. Yeah. And you're trying to just go from what Cuba to America. You're trying to win this ordeal or this ideal. And, it's not as pretty as it turns out to be or what you think it might be. Yeah. So great one, Ryan, as always, we always appreciate it. Everybody out there. We will be back next week. Um, you know, if you want something us to chat about something, definitely let us know. But as you always know, don't do anything stupid before you hear from us again.